As school shootings became more and more prevalent across the country, education officials began implementing drills for students to rehearse what to do in these potentially life-or-death situations. But have these preparations gone too far, and is there diminishing returns for excessive lockdown drills? To answer those questions and more, we're joined in the Capitol Press Room by State Senator Andrew Gennardis, a Brooklyn Democrat who has legislation dealing with mandated school shooter drills. Welcome back to the show, Senator. Great, Dave. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. So what made you introduce legislation dealing with school lockdown drills? Uh, You know, this is one of those uh, great small D democracy stories where uh, a bunch of people go to their local representative's office and say, hey, there ought to be a law. Or in this case, we ought to fix the law. And uh, really uh, started talking to me about the concerns that they had uh, about the state's lockdown drill practices, the mandate and really looking for some relief. And so a bunch of concerned parents from Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America were meeting with me. And after our meeting had ended, we were just having some small talk. And then this issue came up and everyone just started chiming in about their concerns over lockdown drills. And it got me thinking because I had just read something online a week earlier about lockdown drills. And then we all started talking to each other. And then this idea kind of came together. So you know, really, this was a parent-driven initiative And I'm so thankful for it because I think it's a great issue to talk about. Well, in New York, what sort of mandates are there for lockdown drills? So right now, the state of New York requires by law 12 drills a year. Eight of those drills have to be fire drills and evacuation drills. You know, your standard run of the mill, line up single file, walk down the hall, be quiet, don't horse around. And then four lockdown drills which is one of the highest mandates in the country. These are drills to simulate active shooter situations or some other type of uh, catastrophic event at a school that requires everyone to lock down where they are. And like I said, that's the highest mandate of any state in the country from all the research we've been able to find. And over the course of a student's lifetime, they'll have experienced 60 of these drills. That's 60 simulations of someone coming to their school with the intent of doing harm. And the problem with that approach is that the data does not show at all that the more drills you do, the more times you simulate an active shooter situation at a school, it actually translates to any increase in student safety. And in fact, the data shows just the opposite. It actually does a great deal of harm to students because these lockdown drills induce a tremendous amount of trauma and psychological harm on kids who in many instances don't even know that what they're experiencing is a drill in the first place. Well, how would your legislation impact the number of drills that students might have to go through during the course of their schooling? So our bill that we introduced says that at a minimum, you have to do one drill a year, at least one drill a year, because we recognize that there is a place in in this landscape, sadly, in America in the 21st century, that there is a place for some form of drill or some form of instruction about what students should do, should God forbid something happen. And we say at least one, could be more than one, could be two, but you don't need to mandate four, um, which is the problem. And on top of that, we are saying that each school district has to devise standard guidance and curriculum and and kind of expertise that is trauma-informed so that these drills are conducted at the best standards They're done in a way that is inclusive and reflective of different students' needs, physical needs, psychological needs, emotional needs. 
And that doesn't scare the Jesus out of kids by having them believe that it is an actual drill. You know, we heard from some parents that they were getting text messages from their 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 love their kids saying, "Mommy, Daddy, someone someone bad is in the school. You know, something bad's going to happen. I love you." Like, oh, what are we doing to these kids if that's what they're going through right now? So we're trying to fix all that with this legislation. And does your bill, or maybe the existing law already allows for this, but does your bill allow for some sort of opt out by kids and their families? It does. So what our bill does on top of reducing the excessive mandate, introducing some standard trauma-informed standards and guidelines. We also require that parents get notified in advance up to a week or at least a week when these drills are going to happen so that they know what to expect and that they know how to talk to their kids either before or after these happen or both, as well as provide parents an opt-out. Some parents don't want their kids to have to experience this because this, again, is deeply traumatic and has significant psychological consequences on children. You know, there was a story we read as part of our research, a, a young girl who had come from an abusive household, you know, was experiencing a lockdown drill and the act of hunkering down and like basically locking herself down triggered an emotional response where she felt like she was back in her abusive household where she used to crouch down as she was being beaten by her father. And even though... Her mother took her away. She left a whole new life. Locking down in that way triggered this kind of PTSD response where she automatically flashed back to those memories and caused significant harm to that child. That mother does not want her daughter to have to relive that 60 times over the course of an educational career. And so we want to give parents the ability to opt out and make the decision that's best for their kids. And that came from talking to many parents. Well, for listeners just joining us, uh, you're listening to the Capitol Press Room, and we're talking about school lockdown drills with State Senator Andrew Gennardis, a Brooklyn Democrat. So I have to assume, though, that a kindergartner, for example, will process a lockdown drill differently than, say, a high schooler. So given that difference in emotional and intellectual capacity, is there reason to think that a high schooler might be able to handle more lockdown drills in a given year than, say, a kindergartner? And if that's the case, why not leave the mandate at four for them? So right now, the data does not support that assertion. What the data does show is that there is mixed results in terms of how students are able to process what they're ostensibly learning as part of these drills. Some data shows that younger kids are able to like remember the basics about how to close the lights and lock the door. But like, you know, you're, you're laying down and you're giggling with your friend next to you. And that's obviously not an effective strategy when you're trying to avoid a school shooting situation. Other data shows that some students are able to kind of handle some of the more high level or advanced parts of, uh, of this understanding, but that in the moment, it's not a muscle memory because it's a very, dark, terrifying thing to think about. So the data is really mixed in terms of how effective these actually are. And, and right now, there's and there's no standard procedures or protocols anywhere right now, which is, again, part of the problem, which is why, again, we're calling for uh, and where the legislation requires a standard approach to how these are done that is trauma-informed and that is reflective of students of different ages, different circumstances, different needs, uh, et cetera. And in terms of standardizing this process, do you feel like the school districts have that capacity or is this something that needs to come from the state education department, which has additional capacity maybe to think about this type of thing? 
So I think the answer to that is both. You know, every school district and every community is slightly different and you know, operates in different ways. And so we didn't want to replace one mandate for another, so to speak. We wanted each school district to kind of come to this decision based on the, their engagement with parents, their engagement with teachers, their engagement and how they respond to their students' needs, but also recognize that there is a role here for the state education department to play. And in fact, right now, the state education department is having these very conversations that we're having about what types of guidance can we provide, you know, even informally to school districts and to schools about how to conduct these drills. So this is a conversation that is happening around the country. You're seeing a number of states kind of revisit the lockdown drill mandates that they imposed years ago uh, in response to school shootings. You're seeing the conversation happening here at SED. And our legislation is another part of that conversation. So Ultimately, there's a role for SED to play here. We think that the guidelines and the and the conversation that they're having right now, that they're developing right now, will be very helpful to the school district that they can consider using as they make the decisions that are best for their local communities. What, if anything, have you heard from education stakeholders uh, on your bill around New York, for example, the state's teachers unions or school superintendents? So we've heard from a bunch of different stakeholders, like we know that the education department is currently having some of these these conversations and is in the process of developing some guidelines and really wants to think about this very thoughtfully. We have heard from uh, some of the teachers unions and educator unions that they agree that the mandate should be reduced. They want to see if there's more data we can drill down as to whether one is the right number or two, or if it's at least one or, or things like that. So those are conversations we're obviously happy to have. You know, The vast majority of states that have drills mandated only have one or two. I think 38 states in the country right now mandate either one, at least one or two. So if New York did one or two, we would be in the vast majority uh, of states that, that mandate this approach. And we've also heard from individual teachers who after one of these drills occurs, they go into the bathroom, they just weep because they have to now train the kids that are entrusted to their care what to do in the eventuality that someone might come to kill them. You know, I think a lot of people recognize that we should not be normalizing this type of response or or this type of behavior. Like the, the answer to gun violence and school shootings is not arm the teachers, arm the guards, lock the doors, lock the schools. The answer is to go after guns. You know, school students should be in school to learn the basics, the fundamentals, not about lockdown drills. As an elder millennial who was a teenager when the Columbine school shooting occurred, how, if at all, was the increase of gun violence playing out in your school experience? Did you have any sort of drills? Was this something that people talked about that you remember? Did it, did it change your life in any way? I never experienced a lockdown drill. State's mandate was not put into effect until 2016. You know, I think the mid 2000s, we saw a number of high profile and devastating tragedies on school campuses, a number of school shootings, mass casualty shootings. And I think the mandate was put in place well-intentioned because we don't know what to, like, people didn't know what to do. We were so devastated by what was happening, we thought that the best way to make us feel safe was actually to, to, to train and drill and, and, and lock down more. And what we're learning now is that the, the data does not support that, which is why we're making this shift. I don't, I don't fault anyone for, for trying this a couple of years ago. I think now we just know that there's a better way 
Um, and honestly, thank God I never had to experience a lockdown drill because I don't know how I would have processed that. I don't want to have to contemplate the fact that I might die in a school. I, I don't want to think about that future for my children. And I think many parents feel very strongly about that as well. Well, we've been speaking with State Senator Andrew Gennardis. He is a Brooklyn Democrat. Senator, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Support for the Capitol Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. Visit unionstrongny.org for more information.